And it's interesting that when we do that, you're going to get stuck, maybe, because you're so used to saying something negative yeah. when you have to turn it to something positive. But if you get stuck, that's your aha moment. That's your breakthrough. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast with Danielle Jervy Harmon, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Danielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, Let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I want to make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this. I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind. We do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by the Grow Your Business Toolkit. If you are a service-based entrepreneur who knows that you know that you know that your business should be generating multiple six or seven figures and you have been scratching your head trying to figure out exactly what is keeping you from it, then you need the Grow Your Business Toolkit in your life. Learn more and grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. I am so excited for this conversation that I have to share with you in today's episode because I get to sit down with a member of my coaching team here at Incredible Factor University, which is my suite of coaching and consulting programs. In our conversation, we talked about a lot in full transparency, but what was so juicy good about it is that it is really all about the desperate desires that you have and the clutter that's keeping you from it. Because some of you want some really big things and they're not manifesting in your life because of all of this clutter. And clutter is literally just a symptom of something deeper. And so you're going to love this conversation that I had with Paris Love today as she gives you some insights into how to go deep to get to the root of the problem so that it can, it stops manifesting as clutter. We talk about so many things. There's so many parts of the interview that I really, really loved. We talked about confidence a little bit. I loved how she said um, when she walks into a room, she commands the room. Mm, That's what I'm talking about. That deserves a hand snap, right? Because it just has to go with a hand on the hip and a snap and a head, head movement, right? It was just such a really, really powerful conversation. Many things that we talked about, I know are gonna bless you and really put you in a position to move from desperately desiring 
to dramatically experiencing. And that is truly what it is that I want for you. Let me read Paris's formal bio. Paris Love, the CEO of Paris Love Productivity Institute, is one of the country's foremost organizational and productivity life strategists, a best-selling author on Amazon.com, a highly sought-after speaker, and former U.S. Army sergeant. Love has a tremendous talent for bringing order to chaos, providing her clients with streamlined, efficient, manageable approaches to running their lives and businesses. After many years of working with a wide variety of clients and host of settings. She's honed in on her specialty, helping overwhelmed professionals break through the barriers, keeping them disorganized, disoriented, and dissatisfied with their life. Paris is, again, the productivity and accountability coach at Incredible Factor University. I know that you are about to be blessed on our conversation. So grab pen, grab paper, and get yourself ready to make a powerful, poignant shift. Let's jump into my conversation with Dr. Paris Love. Paris Love, I'm so excited to welcome you to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm excited that I get to do this work. I'm excited that I get to talk to you. This is about to be a good conversation for sure. So before we jump too far in, let me just give you the floor so that you can take a moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words. All right. So it's interesting you said my own words because you have done this and other people do this as well. They call me the drill sergeant (laughs) and I am stepping into that. I really am the drill sergeant. I am the one who holds you accountable. I'm the one who takes you to that level of wanting to do more and be more. Mm-hmm. But I'm also that friend that you want to hang out with all day, just because. <laughs> so, well, when does easy. the friend show up? Because I usually see the drill sergeant. <laughs> oh, oh, what? Yeah, I guess you have always seen the drill sergeant. <laughs> but I mean, but I I think that you know, for those of you who are listening. Paris is one of the coaches in my coaching programs. And part of the reason why I brought her in as our accountability and productivity coach is because that's her gift. Her gift is staying on you to get the things done that you most need to get done. You probably know this as a person who just deals with this yourself. You know, most entrepreneurs get stuck in the overwhelm, in the how, instead of processing through by taking action. And so Paris is really, really good at taking the actions and breaking it down into small enough pieces so that you can actually get things done, which I think is extremely powerful. We hold these productivity parties with Paris. I don't know that they're a party, but we just kind of did the play on the peas <laughs> for, um, for everybody that's enrolled in one of our incredible Factor University programs. So Paris, I what I love about you is that you don't take the crap. Because I think that a lot of people want to be able to stay in their crap instead of getting on to what they, as you have said, desperately desire. So I would love it if you would just share on your own journey, how, how did you get to be the drill sergeant? Like what happened to you that created this environment for you to realize you needed to do this, not only for yourself, but for other people? You know, um, so technically I'm an only child. I didn't get siblings until I was like mid thirties. Um, and I was that child who would see something that needed to be done 
and I did it. And I don't know. And it wasn't like my parents made me do things because I was the one that would tell my parents, hey, you guys need to do X, Y and Z. Like I was the one bossing everybody else around. <laughs> I, went to, that. <laughs> I went to college and they called they used to call me mom because I'm like, look, your parents did not send you here to goof off. Did you go to class today? Why are your classes in the afternoon, not in the morning? <laughs> and when I would leave home, they would always say, oh, Lord, the warden is leaving. Mm-hmm. So I just, it was just in me. This was just me. And a lot of times people ask, well, how did you get to where you are? How did you accomplish everything? And in my mind's eye, I never thought that I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to do something, I just did it. Yeah. So other people come to me and they may struggle with something. Like, how did you do that? I'm like, okay, look, get pen and paper. This is step one, step two, let's go. Because if you tell me something, I already feel like it's already done. Mm-hmm. So I'm going on to the next thing. And I think that's probably why you have me as one of your coaches, because I've done that with you when you say you something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, look, where's, you know, so. Yes, yeah, she coaches me, y'all. But it's good though, because we all need that accountability. Like there's not an absence of information, right? Every person who's listening to this podcast right now knows they have heard, they have gathered information enough to get to seven figures. Mm -hmm. Every single person who's listening. The reason they're not at seven figures is because they're stuck. They're stuck in the weeds of what needs to get done because they don't have somebody to hold them accountable. Like that's why you enroll in a, a coaching program, a mastermind or whatever the case might be. Not necessarily because you don't know what you don't know. Although there may be some of that, but often just to do what you do know, but haven't done. Mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't you agree? I completely agree. And I can give you an example of that because say you want to get organized, you want to organize your office. So you think, okay, let me go get this specific pen. Let me go get the planner. I got to have a certain type of desk. Certain, like you're preparing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're going to stew or you're going to mildew. How much are you going to prepare? Just do it. You can get all that later. But I think a lot of times we get stuck in the pre- preparing of something, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, people know how to have a, well, they kind of know the concept of having a six or seven figure business, but in their mind, they're like, okay, but I have to get a special notebook. I got to hire this special coach. I, I got to do, I got to make sure that my, my office is quiet. I got to have the right team. Mm-hmm. And until I do these things, I can't go any further, but I'm like, yes, you can. When you step out on, and I'm going to go there. If you step out on faith, mm-hmm. everything else is going to show up. Yeah. Everything else is going to show up. And if, I, and if I'm allowed to share this, I was telling someone yesterday, and they were kind of, they're a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing to take care of you? And she kept giving me excuses and excuses. I said, you know, when you just step out there, God, the universe, whoever you believe in is going to show up. When I was going to get my master's and I did a dual master's, I was a single parent of a special needs child. Mm-hmm. I had a class on a Saturday at 9 a.m. I did not know how I was going to get someone to watch my son. I enrolled in class and it was probably the 11th hour when I found somebody. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't worried about, oh, my God, like, and if push came to shove, I'm so sorry. He would have stayed home by himself. Oh, Lord. 
call the people. He's not a girl <laughs> now, but but yeah. But but I think you, the point that you're making is such a good point because we do we get caught up in the how and everybody write this down. The how is not your job; it's God's, right? So you're trying to do His job, which is why you're stuck. It's why you're not moving because you're trying to do a job that's not yours. And if we could just figure out how to stay on task for the job that is ours, then we would actually get to where it is that we truly desire to be, right? And we would never get to a place of desperation. It would never become a desperate desire if we would just make sure that we align ourselves to take the steps that we really truly need to take, right? Mm -hmm. I agree, completely agree. So for the people who weren't born bossy, that's what we're going to call you, born bossy. <laughs> so for the people who weren't born bossy, let's make this practical for them. So what does it look like to be looking at a mountain of overwhelm or a sea of distractions and know that there's a place you need to be other than overwhelm or distractions? What's the journey to actually get there? Step one, you can... Like get pen and paper and write down, okay, this is where I want to go. Like this is your ultimate goal. And you have to back into it. And when you back into it, whatever those steps might look like, you have to have somebody else, accountability partner, a coach, whoever that person may be, to help you to ascertain, are these the right steps I I need to be taking? Mm -hmm. What am I missing? Did I overlook something? And you know what's interesting? When you ask for help, it shows up. Mm -hmm. And when you have to back into it, I think it's so much doable because I think when people look at the big picture, Mm -hmm. they look at the big, they literally look at the big picture. But it's how how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah. So when you look at the big picture, you have to chunk it down into bite-sized pieces. Okay, like... Is having the big picture part of the problem though? Is it like we tell everybody, you know, without a vision, the people perish. Like we, you know, we're quick to quote, quote that and we're creating vision boards and all of that. So we have the big picture. Is that what creates the overwhelm and the distraction because our vision is so vast that we can't even begin to live into it? And if yes. that, if the answer to that is yes, is the problem really the way that we see ourselves? And do we need to start there before we even grab the pen and paper to start creating a roadmap? Yes. Good point. That is so true. That is so true. Because we set ourselves up for failure. Because looking at that big picture, we could go, ooh, I can't do that. We start having this monkey mind. Yeah. We start talking dirty to ourselves. Ooh, I can't, I can't have that. I can't do that. Who am I to do that? I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever it is. I just started business or I've been in business X amount of years. Why am I not there yet? And then we start comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. But but the last time I checked, it's just one you. And even if somebody else does what you do, they don't do it the way you do it. And I am quick to tell people I'm not the cheapest organizer in town, but I'm the best. Mm -hmm. And that's not being cocky or anything, but sometimes you have to have, that confidence to get that confidence to get you to where you need to be because we are so hard on ourselves and we're so easy to say who me it it can't be me are you sure it's me why not you right well i don't even think it's sometimes i think it's all the time we are hard on ourselves and we need confidence 
And we have to be able to say that, like, you've heard me say this before because you've been in my world <laughs> for so long now, but I literally have a sign. It's on my computer. I'm literally looking at it right now. And it says, I am the shit. You need to work with me. Now, I have never actually uttered those words to anyone, but that is the level of confidence that I show up in a conversation with so that I am able to get people to understand that, yes, there are other business growth strategies out there, but there ain't nobody like me. I am the best that ever did it. And I do say it with a level of confidence and conviction that has often gotten people to invest in themselves through me. Because I think sometimes, Paris, people will need to borrow your confidence Mm-hmm. until they have the confidence themselves. And if we're not showing up confident, then we're not offering people the opportunity to borrow ours so that they can get what they need through working with us, right? So I think all the time we need to be confident and we need to find a way to muster up the confidence. So what are some of the ways that you have told people, or or no, not actually, let me change that. What are some of the ways that you have heighten your own confidence so that you could stand in the gap for a person who needs to make a decision that they're not able to make without you showing up fully confident that this is the next best step for them. One of the things that I have always said is never allow someone else's insecurities dictate your success. Oh, oh, I need you to run that back one more time. (laughs) Never allow someone else's insecurities dictate your success. Mm, That's so good. And so what that means is, and we have all done this where we have not felt as confident as we probably should be. Mm -hmm. But when we look at other people, because of course we're going to compare ourselves to someone else or someone's going to say something to us that makes us feel, feel small or unsure. And I keep that in the back of my mind because I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> you said what? I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> and, and my little thing is, oh, you're so cute. Like, like that's cute. Like, did you really say that? And, and I know it's really, and it's simple things that I do because when people say things, I might go into upset, but I'm thinking, ooh, hold up. <laughs> you don't pay the uh, mortgage at 1907. Right. <laughs> so because of that, you're not going to live rent-free in my head. Mm. And so I think when we come from a place of that, because a lot of people have said, oh, my God, you're so co- confident. How did you get that way? Mm-hmm. I didn't really thought I was, like, super confident. I thought anybody was this way. And I get that a lot of people aren't. So back to your point, people do have to borrow some of your confidence. And it's interesting because if you show up, it's, you know how I think sometimes people mimic other people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you watch Ratchet TV, you will find yourself saying ratchet things. Yeah. Well, but if maybe. you are, huh? maybe you will. Sometimes maybe. you won't, but yeah, it's possible. And if you align yourself with someone who's very successful, who's articulate, however, however you know you want to put that, mm-hmm. um, but they, they are where you want to be. At some point, you're going to start to follow suit 
and you're going to increase your confidence. You're kind of going to step into who you're meant to be. It's not that you're trying to be like this other person, mm-hmm. but you're trying to get to a place where you can hold your head up high. It's interesting because I study people. Mm-hmm. Look at how people walk. A lot of people walk with their head down. Why are you walking with your head down? Because you're unsure mm-hmm. it's their about whatever it is. Yeah. Like, Cause I'm going to tell you when I walk in the room, I command the room mm-hmm. period. When I sit down at the table, I sit at the head of the table and people have said, Oh, you're going to sit there. Yes. You can sit over there. And again, I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but when you come with that attitude, people treat you differently. Mm-hmm. If you walk in a room like, Oh, well, should I be here? And people are going to overlook you. People are going to think that you are less than, which is going to feed into the dirty talk that you've already been talking to yourself about. Yeah, that's so good. You, I mean, you said a mouthful that I, I just want to pull back the layers on a little bit just to make sure everybody heard it because you are exactly right. And I, I mean, I think it's for people like us, Paris, because we are naturally confident, it sound, it's much easier said than done, right? But I love the fact that what we all need to get to aspire to is to have this energy that says, when I walk into the room, I command the room. Or when I sit at the table, I sit at the head of the table. That's some boss stuff right there. That right there is boss all day. And so what I, what I would love for us to do is maybe unpack that a little bit because I see this, I get the same thing. If I go somewhere and I speak and it, let's say I have, a, I have my line of people waiting to talk to me after my talk is done. And let's say there's 30 people on the line. Of the 30 people on that line, 20 of them, their comment to me is they're taking a selfie and handing me their business card and telling me their life story is, I just wish I had your confidence. That's what I hear or used to hear because no one's going to live speaking engagements right now. But that's Mm -hmm. what I used to hear over and over and over again. I just wish I had your confidence. So what can we offer to the people that are listening? I've done a couple of different episodes on confidence. I've done the confidence clause and the confidence curve. What can we offer right now to people who are listening that can help them to uh, strengthen their confidence muscles so that they might get to the point where they might be able to say, when I walk into the room, I command the room. You know, I I used to do, I tell my clients to do this exercise and I'm never going to tell somebody that I'm not willing to do myself is in the morning, you know how when you, before you get on the phone call, you put a smile on your face because mm-hmm. it kind of shows through. But when you wake up in the morning, completely naked, looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? I like you. Just that I simple. like your, you just tell yourself, I like you. Matter of fact, I love you. Mm-hmm. I love that pimple on your nose. And I know it sounds silly, but you, if you don't love yourself, who else is going to love you? Yeah. If you don't show the confidence, other people are going to feel that you're not confident either. So when you show up, you got to show out. Like you have to have this positive talk with yourself mm-hmm. so that when you show up, people are like, oh my goodness, like what just happened? You have like this rainbow over you. Mm-hmm. I like that. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that down into our first step being talk to yourself like you love yourself. Yeah, because if you talk to yourself like you love yourself, then that is going to heighten your confidence. Most most people have a tape running and the tape is negative. Right. It's all the things they can't do or the things they heard their parents say. Right. 
you know, I, I, I find myself saying this way more than I wish I had to, but, you know, we come into this world and we're pure vessels of light and then we meet our parents and unbeknownst to them, maybe they're not cognizant that they're doing this to us, but they cloud our conscious mind and our subconscious mind with all of this crap because they make statements like you're going to be just like you're no good fill in Mm -hmm. the blank, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is that they say flippantly, not realizing the impact and the effect and how long that tape is going to play. How long that's actually going to happen. So just starting to talk to yourself like you love yourself, I think is good. I think something that I would add to that too would be about writing, right? So keeping a journal. I talk a lot about the compliment and accomplishments journal. So every time someone gives you a compliment, whether you believe you deserve it or not, write it down, just say thank you, right? So, oh girl, I love those shoes. Mm, You are looking really good. Have you lost weight? Regardless of what it is, instead of doing what we want to do, which is downplay the compliment, say, oh, this whole thing, girl, this thing's been in the back of my closet for 20 years. No, don't do that. Just say thank you. Because every time you dismantle someone's compliment, not only do you make them feel bad and not want to give you a compliment again, but you stop the flow of abundance in your direction. So just stop that and just instead take it, right? Right which I think is important, but writing those compliments down as well as your accomplishments, because we, we look at the elephant, right? You said, how do we eat an elephant? We look at the elephant and we realize that it's, it's 2000 tons and there's no way we could possibly ever eat it. But if we had a journal of pieces of an elephant that we have been eating our whole career, when we look back at that elephant, after looking in our accomplishments journal, then we can say, oh, okay, I'm going to start with the tusk and I'm going to just take one bite and then I'm going to process this and then I'm going to come back for the next bite. So that would would be what I would say is probably the second step. Take it beyond talking to yourself and start to keep track, start to write those things down, create evidence or a record. Just Mm -hmm. like fear gets us jacked up and, you know, we're always living into fear and letting fear stop us from doing what we most need to do without surveying the evidence will now create some evidence to the contrary of the fear that might, yeah. you might be experiencing. And fear, what is that? False evidence appearing real? Or I say it fights every alternative to reality. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you know what? When we think about something, whatever you have that you are fearful of, think about, okay, on a as you journal five things why you fear this thing just write them out mm-hmm. and then the five things that you wrote out turn that into positive because the five things are probably negative mm-hmm. reverse right. that and turn it into something positive positive. and it's interesting that when we do that you're going to get stuck maybe because you're so used to saying something negative yeah. when you have to turn it to something positive but if you get stuck, that's your aha moment. That's your breakthrough. Because I think you said it years ago, your breakdown is your breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I love it. So we're going to talk to yourself like you love yourself. And then you're going to get a compliment and accomplishments journal and write down the, the compliments that you get, write down the things that you accomplish. When you are facing fear, you're going to write the fear and the reasons why you feel that fear. And then you're going to reframe those fears into positive beliefs that actually serve you. That is going to be, it's going to take you a long way to putting yourself in a position to realize that you do deserve it. Because if you are at the point of having 
a desperate desire, it's because you don't believe you deserve it, right? Because it doesn't mm-hmm. need to get desperate. The universe, God is not holding anything back from you. And right. so if God's not holding anything back from you, then that means anything that you desire, you can have. And if you don't have it, it's because there's something in you that's keeping you from it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do this inner work in order to get to where it is. So Paris, how often in your work, does this kind of stuff come up? How how often is the chaos and the clutter uh, indicative of self-image and lack of confidence? Every single day. <laughs> every I'm telling you, every single day. Cause, and I've heard it too from, and it's interesting. When I look at my roster of clients, these are doctors and lawyers. Mm-hmm. These aren't like stupid people. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm saying that, but you know, they're not, you know, little Johnny. Right. They're well accomplished, very smart, beautiful men and women. Mm-hmm. And men and women do the same thing. Because I have male clients and I'm like, ooh, that sounds like something a woman might do. Yeah. Um, and we get really down because it's not about the clutter, it's about something else. Mm-hmm. When you do that deep dive, it's, it's all about confidence, self-esteem. And, you know, it's that sometimes it's a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the person, you're like, wow, I would never have thought that. Yeah. But it's interesting. I always tell people, why don't you take your mask off? Because what you, when you walk out that house, you're like this whole different person. But when you come in the house, you're like, ooh, I can take that mask off. Because when you meet me, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be yeah, like this too. inside, outside. I don't, you know, and I'm from Chicago. So I tell people, if I say something that offends you, you would be okay because I've moved on. <laughs> I, you know, I'm serious. It, be, and I learned that at a young age mm-hmm. because when I was younger and I, I had to go to therapy on this one, they used to tease me every single day coming home. And oh, you think you're pretty. I oh, you're just a spoiled little rich kid. They used to talk about me so bad. And my mom said, you know what? While you sitting here crying and being upset about something somebody said, they have forgotten all about you. Mm-hmm. And that was that moment of, wow, you are so right. Yeah. And, you know, even within families, siblings, and, you know, you don't talk to your siblings or your parents, and you go, why not? I don't even remember what the argument was about. So why are you still mad? Because that person has gone on, and even when you say, you know what, I forgive you for, and they look at you like, really? Right. I don't Which is why you should that. never tell them you forgive them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> forgive them on your own. Don't actually call the person because they're going to make you oh, no. upset all over again. Exactly. Because they're like, I don't remember that. Or, yes, yeah, a whole nother issue. But the point is, half the time that we're upset about something, mm-hmm. people, they didn't intentionally mean, hopefully they didn't intentionally mean to do it, but they've moved on. So we have to move on. We can't hold that stuff in. Yeah. And like you said earlier, stuff that we... And here's what's interesting. Things that our parents have said, they did the best that they could with what they had. Secondly, you chose your parents before you came here. Yeah. You you wanted that mom and dad. You chose them. So recognize that and let's move on. And what I think is important about that is just we chose our parents, but guess what? God chose us for those parents. Mm -hmm. So wherever you landed, you were meant to be there. Right. Yep. Like, I mean, I, I remember when I used to be a victim, right. When, before I made the shift into being a victor out of everything that happened to me and looking at, you know, what my parents did and blah, 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 and yada, 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 the stories we tell ourselves that hold us back. When I really finally started doing the work through working with my therapist and 
realized that everything I went through, I've been through, I was equipped for it. It didn't do and it didn't chip my armor. If anything, it made my armor stronger. And and so only when we are doing this internal work, like everything we're talking about, I think almost every episode is <laughs> what it comes down to is the mindset stuff that we need to do. Once we realize that it is really all about going in, going in to get out of life, whatever it is that you want, that's yeah. what it's all about. And finding the way that works best for you, right? Whether that is through coaching or therapy or what have you, but knowing that you need someone else, you need someone else to help you to be accountable because if it's left up to yourself, it's easy to throw yeah. and start in the pity party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when there's other people involved, other people you need to be accountable to, it makes it a little bit harder <laughs> for you to continue to stay in whatever it is that was creating that dynamic for you in the first place, which I just think right. everybody needs to be able to get themselves to that place where they have that, so- that soft landing, that soft landing, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. landing ground, whatever I'm trying to say, where they don't have to have the mask on, where they can live without the mask because I know I used to do it and it just wasn't comfortable it got old so fast and then I would forget like I would forget what the air was that I was portraying in that particular moment right I think that's why I've always had a problem with fake it until you make it I don't want to fake it I don't like I don't like I mean I know what they're saying right they're really saying Mm -hmm. act as if whatever it is you desire is already yours so that you can will it and manifest it to come to you. But I don't like the deception angle of faking it. Like just be it. If you would just be it, then you will have it. Period. Yep. I and agree. Really opening yourself up to that. I I concur a hundred and fifty percent on that. I hate when people say fake it till you make it. And why do I need to act like anything? Either I'm gonna be that or I'm not. Yeah. I don't need to act like anything. Yeah. I it sounds to me like Paris, like what you're really saying beneath all of this is that it's just about making a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Make a decision. And you know, what's interesting again, that sounds so much easier said than done, but when you look back at everything, who was the common denominator? Mm-hmm. You are, you will, you will always be the common denominator. Yeah. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow to say, oops, I need to work on me. It's not everybody else because they're going to react to what you are either doing or not doing. And you can't change anybody but you. And that's the easiest thing in the world is to change you. But you got to look hard. You got to look inside to say, okay, you know what? Yeah, I need some work. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. That's so juicy good. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit more about the clutter that ensues when you haven't done your inner work. Oh yeah. So yeah. I always say it's not part. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like, Oh, I love this. Um, Cause it's not about the clutter. It's about something else. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that you're going through, let, okay, let's use confidence. Since we talked about that. If you lack the confidence, you're going to replace that with something else. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be with stuff, with things. Like you don't even want it, but you're going to get it because in your mind's eye, you feel that that's going to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to make you feel better. 
You're going to keep accumulating stuff and things. And it might even be people because you look at your life and go, I have all these toxic people around me because you keep accumulating that to feel better when people aren't going to make you feel better. You got to really look inside. And so we will collect things and people to make us feel better when that's really not the issue. Yeah. So it's like, we're really pulling those layers back and saying what's really going on here. Because I, I will ask you the hard questions. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I say it with love, but until somebody asks you those hard questions, you will always be where you are. But if you want to get, you want to up level, go to the next level, somebody has to ask you those hard questions. Yeah. Very, 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 very true. And so in your work, because of the clutter is just a a symptom or a byproduct of what's really, really going on, how much time do you find yourself spending on figuring out the root cause of the clutter? You know, I get this and I'm not, yeah, you know what? I'm about to toot my horn. Okay. Toot, toot. Beep, beep. Within five minutes of me having a conversation with someone, Mm -hmm. I can figure out what's going on. Well, how is that though? Break that down for us. So you know how, and I guess it goes with, like you have a conversation with someone and again, so let me back up and say my background's in psychology. So I study people. Mm-hmm. I study, you know, their movements, their, their behaviors. You know, you're walking with your head down. You're not looking at me directly in my eye. You're a little frigid. Like things like that I, I look at. And usually I can observe people when they're, in other situations, like if we're in the room, I kind of look to see how people interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And then when people find out what they do, they're like, ooh, and they come and have a conversation with me. And I go, oh, okay. And I just, I just listen. I just listen to what they're saying. And you know, when you meet someone, that first impression, mm-hmm. everyone looks at you like, oh my God, you're so confident, you're so this. So they themselves will attempt to make themselves be on that level too when they're not on that level if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and that kind of comes out and i'm like "Ooh, yeah we know what i know what the issue is right now and when i get into their environment it it just proves what i originally thought and it's pulling back all those layers to getting to that because i have gone to people homes and they're like what i really need is this Mm -hmm. but you know when you meet someone you you don't want to say you know what i I don't really have any self-esteem. Can you help me with that? You you wouldn't tell someone that. You're like, well, what I really need is to grow my business. What I really need is to work on my marriage, you know. Right. But the real issue is something else. So. Yeah, which I think it's important to know that the symptom, which in, in this particular case is the clutter or whatever the symptom is, it's a byproduct of, something that's deeper, something that's more internal that needs to be modified in order to get what it is that they desperately desire into their life and into their life experience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that does stem from us as children. Yeah. I love to ask people, are you the oldest, the middle, or the youngest? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, one question. Um, what was your relationship like with your parents? Mm-hmm. You know, like what went on between the ages of eight and 10? Because whatever happened between eight and 10 kind of dictate you as an adult. You brought that into your adult life. Mm-hmm. 
Now, that's a different philosophy than I always have asserted. Mine has always been between birth and the age of seven. So I guess it shows up around eight. But between birth and the age of seven, every, who are you, who you're going to be as an adult, is, it's inbred into you, right? So by the time you're eight, mm-hmm. there is no changing unless you do something to change the tapes that are playing. Exactly. Grow up and be that dysfunctional adult. It's not funny, though. I'm sorry. I should not be laughing. Yeah, it's not funny. But that is true because have you ever had, like, little Johnny is really bad and he's around five or six and they're like, you need to take care of that because if you don't, if you don't take care of it now, it's going to be too late later. And then they wait till they're nine or ten. It's too late now because little Johnny's been acting up for a while. That's true. You got to nip it in the bud early on. Yeah. That's good stuff. I know I work with a lot of little Johnnies. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny need not apply, right? But I mean, but I think to a certain extent, we're all little Johnny, right? At, at some point in time, and it, it may not be that we are quote unquote bad, but we all have something that until we've done our work, we're working through. Yeah. Or we're trying to figure out why this pattern keeps showing up. You know, one of my favorite exercises is to, to take in set your increments of seven and trace the patterns that are showing up in your life. Because typically if you can remember back from birth to the age of seven, depending upon how old you are, you'll see what happened between birth and the age of seven show up in, in every seven mm-hmm. year increments all throughout your life. Right. And, and that'll be a clue to the pattern. And I first did that exercise in therapy and it was centrifugal to getting to the point where I am today, where I can, identify when I'm creating clutter mm-hmm. so that I know that it's something else going on and I need to stop and focus. It's interesting because literally yesterday or the day before one of the two days, my husband said to me, he said, what's wrong? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're like, it's disheveled. There's a lot of stuff in a lot of places that it's normally not what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop. You know, my first answer was to not necessarily to go on the defense, but to be like, no, I'll, everything is is good. But I actually, instead of a- answering him, I just said, well, you know what? Can I get back to you? Because I really need to think and process because I hadn't even realized that uh-huh. these were the things that I was doing. And because he knows me so well, he identified the pattern and was like, yo, this ain't cool. This isn't normal. Let me figure out what's going on. And so I ended up going back to him later and I and I said, oh my gosh, you're so right. You know, right now I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And as a result, it's showing up like this. And one of the things that I've started doing that has been so, so powerful. And I I never, I used to say I wasn't a meditator, right? And because I said I wasn't a meditator, I wasn't able to meditate. But now I'm like, no, I meditate like a champ. And so I've started taking time every single day as a part of my self-care practice to sit with myself, to sit in silence and to, to process through everything that's going on. I don't, you know, go to bed with the phone in my hand. Like Mm -hmm. I I get away from all of that stuff and enough time to kind of come down and set myself up to to be intentional about having a good night's sleep. Like Mm -hmm. those types of things I had to start doing because I was working a lot during the period of time before I got a new assistant, I was working like, way too much with no break. And and then of course, COVID happening, like I'm still not entirely, I mean, as much as I want to go away, I'm not really sure that I'm trying to go out 
and and be out in the world because I'm not trying to catch COVID. And so I'm like, I want to go somewhere, but it's the stir craziness of being in the same place for a very long time without any reprieve from it and all of these other things. But they were, they were um, building up and creating this crescendo that now started to show up in clutter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was, I was like, huh, that's, that's really interesting. And I'm, again, I know you see this all the time. But this was new for me because normally I'm not that way. I'm I'm pretty tidy just because I don't like feeling overwhelmed. I don't want to come into a space and immediately feel pressure in my shoulders because there's so much stuff there. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to stay on top of the things to make sure that, that that doesn't happen. And sometimes it takes somebody else to go, what's really going on? Because yeah. when someone says, are you okay? We are so used to saying, I'm good. Yeah. But you need somebody to go, okay, you're good. But how are you really Right. Like what's really going on? And then you stop to think, well, oh, hmm. I didn't really think that. Oh, well, let me look at that. And so I think that comes with growth because a lot of times we would get defensive. Well, ain't nothing wrong. What's wrong with you? And that's a whole nother, you know, that's going down a whole nother alley there. But it it takes a lot of growth for you to say, you know what? Let me me think about this because maybe something is a little off. And if it's off, this is how it's showing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which I think is important. So what should we tell the people as we prepare to close? So those people are listening right now that are there, there are things that they desperately desire that appear to be out of reach and they're out of reach because they're not dealing with what is at the root. And so it's manifesting into all of these other things. What should we share with them before we, we close out? Sometimes you just have to, what is it? Be still and know Mm -hmm. when you have so much going on, the the world's not going to end. It's taking that time to be by yourself, whether it's five, 15, 30 minutes or an hour and just sit there, no technology, nobody around and really listen. Yeah. Because you're going to start talking to yourself and somewhere in that conversation is going to be your answer. Oh, that's good. That's so good. So good. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, ma'am, I need to ask you our incredible fact of wisdom question. So just the first thing that pops into your head, heart, and mind for each one of them. The first one is, what is the last book you read? It is um, by, oh gosh. um, It's by Tim... Oh gosh, I'm looking at the book in my head. He's a he was a NFL player. Oh, it didn't help me. <laughs> I know. Fa- well, fa- I'm reading Favor too by Joel Osteen. Okay. Okay. And your favorite quote? <laughs> when in doubt, toss it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And one tool you swear by to grow your business. My label maker. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love my label you maker. Apologize to me. <laughs> no need for apology. Well, I want to thank you, Paris, for being here. We got to talk about a lot of good stuff, which I think is going to be helpful for people that have a desperate desire that really want to figure out what's really in the way and that's keeping them from it, which is so important 
if they really want to show up in the world and do what it is that they're called here to do. So thank you so much for being here with me today. You are so welcome. I sure appreciate you having me here. Always good to talk with you. Awesome. And I wasn't even bossing you around today. No, you weren't. And I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) It was good, right? Like, I told you it was so juicy good. There were so many different things that we talked about in this conversation. But what I loved about all of them is they really centered around getting to the root of the reason for the disorganization, the need for accountability, the clutter as it's showing up in your life. She said so many things that I I just wanted to noodle on a little bit. This was probably my favorite out of everything she said. Never allow someone else's insecurities to dictate your success. Oh my gosh. And don't let people live rent free in your head. So get rid of those small, still voices that are keeping you stuck in a pattern of disorganization, right? And I love this too. She said, when I sit at a table, I sit at the head of the table. That's a confidence thing. So I hope that you got some nuggets, some tools, some tips, some strategies that you can implement as it pertains to your confidence, but more importantly, eliminating the mental clutter that's keeping you from manifesting everything it is that you desperately desire in your life. I'm going to um, encourage you to go to the show notes so that you can reach out to Dr. Paris and connect with her deep, more deeply on her work and everything that she's got going on at her Institute for Productivity, because I know that it's exactly what it is that you need. That's why we brought her into our programs, because our clients were not getting to the action and we're not getting to the root of the cause for them to not implement, right? I mean, I can give you strategy all day long, But if you are not taking action based on that strategy, then nothing is going to change. And that's not good enough for me inside of our programs. And so we bring in the best. We work with the best. The best is a part of what we do every single day so that our clients are getting tremendous results on everything that it is that they're doing. So I just want to encourage you guys to go check Dr. Paris out or come and learn more about our Incredible Factor University programs because then you'll get to uh, spend time with Dr. Paris inside of your business. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.